1: And a good Tuesday Eagles morning. Birds fans, appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with Mackamack, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Johnny Mack, it has arrived. The day Mm -hmm. the Eagles go back to work, granted they're not working out today or getting any activities in, but they're reporting to the Nobacare Complex to gather for the 2023 season. Uh, uh, First thing first meetings today will they do anything grab a meal together your best guess scenario what is planned for when players start to show up
3: um uh, and obviously you have to go through that uh onboarding process as they like to call it they'll get checked out a little bit medically nothing serious but um yeah and they'll probably have a a meeting where the head coach talks about everything and lays everything out. Uh, and, and then you get to work uh, with these um, basically 11, 12 hour days, depending if you're a veteran or a you get a little bit of a break, you get <laughs> less, one less hour, or if you're a, a younger player, at least by the CBA. Obviously, the Eagles don't always use that, but. Uh, long days um, and nine practices altogether, uh, nine training camp practices, plus two uh, with the Cleveland Browns, one with the Indianapolis Colts. So 12 practices, uh, which is, you know, the lightest I can remember. So we'll, you know, it's hard to criticize and coming off of the last year. Um, and we'll see how it works out with a lot more change. I think that's the difference. So, you know, you have change on the coaching staff. You didn't have change on the coaching staff last year. Plus, you have to replace seven starters. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of walkthroughs in there, a lot of meetings. That's probably the more important part of it in sort of the new age of football. And we'll see how it uh, it all starts today. We'll see how it works out.
1: And Nick Sirianni is a very big guy when it comes to connection and with all the time, the Eagles will be spending together. You said the maximum number of hours as per allowed in the CBA Eagles probably don't even get there, but they'll be spending a lot of time around the national football league. Well, so the Eagles are going to be different than anybody else there, but they do rely on connection a lot. And I think they can well do that in classrooms and meeting rooms and the like, uh, whether they can actually get up to speed and be ready to go week one with the amount of time that they're going to spend on the field. Well, they did it last year. So you're right. They get the benefit of the doubt. Coming hey, they're
3: two and here. out, Jody, in week one under Nick Sirianni. So, I mean, you know, one was really impressive. One, they kind of hung on with it for dear life. But bottom line is they won both uh, 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 season openers. And they're both on the road at Atlanta, at Detroit. This year it'll be at Foxborough. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think it's fair to say that. I I think it's fair to say they've earned the benefit of the doubt, but that's just a benefit. You got to see how it shakes out.
1: Speaking of the opener at Foxborough, Tom Brady Appreciation Day up in New England One of the hardest tickets on the planet to get your hands on as of right now. And this is one thing I've been saying forever. Eagle Nation is as good a traveling fan base as you're going to find. They go out, they support the team on the road, they get their hands on tickets. It's going to be a little expensive to start the road year with the Eagles up in Boston this year because, yeah, the Patriots fans all want their tickets to go to give their buddy Tommy Boy a uh, send-off into retirement if he stays there. You don't really think Brady's coming back. He's retired, right?
3: Um. Yeah, I think he's retired. I mean, he balled into the Raiders. Um, I guess there's a, a possibility he could play for Las Vegas down the road, but that would be it uh, unless he wants to divest from that. Um And I don't know the hurdles that would take to overcome, but uh, I I do think he's retired finally. And
1: and he's definitely not playing week one because that's all the Eagles could care about right now. If He's going to come back to the Raiders. They don't play the Raiders this season, so you don't have to spread Brady at all other than – it's going to be really hard to get tickets for that opening game between the Patriots and the Eagles, which – oh, by the way, don't know if you saw this today – They announced the A-team broadcast for that game for CBS. Tony Romo, Jim Nance, the top team of CBS, will be doing that opener, Eagles versus the uh, uh, Patriots. I went through the games, and you know something, John? When I first saw it, I go, really? They're giving Eagles? Maybe because they're NFC and they don't get a chance to do as many games at CBS as they used to? Well... Actually, they could do more. The whole CBS, Fox, NFC, AFC thing has been lightened up over the years. I don't know how many times the Eagles are on CBS during the year, but they chose game one to give them the number one team, Romo and Nance. And then I went through the rest of the schedule. Yeah, it's the best game. <laughs> CBS didn't reach to put the Eagles on just because they're the Eagles. It's probably the best game. Jets and Bills is Monday night. The Chiefs are playing early on Thursday night. Uh, yeah. I, I, at first I looked at it, I said, Wow, this surprised me. Then I actually went by, through it game by game. I go,
3: Okay, yes. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I went kind of duh. Nothing against the Eagles are obviously a very good team and they're very high profile team and they're, you know, the rightful favorites in the NFC. But it's Tom Brady day. I, you know, I mean, it's Tom Brady day. <laughs> it's it's going to be a big deal if we were you know they would never set it up with the the Houston Texans are a really bad team so that's kind of baked into it but no matter what it's not Brady day that's the biggest that's the biggest storyline with all due respect for the Eagles i mean arguably the greatest player who ever laced them up i mean that was always going to be a big deal um and it happens to be the Eagles so it it's one of the few times where somebody's not riding the eagles coattails you know maybe the cowboys and and maybe tom brady day tom brady day is bigger than the than the eagles I, so i'm me- getting eagles fans upset but that's not even close
1: uh understood that uh there's an opponent that may have something to do with the selection of the game you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head there john do you think the NFL scheduling process is this Goliath that I don't think some people even understand because there are so many aspects to be taken in, uh, TV partners, availability, everything else. It's a massive project. Um, do you think the Patriots lobbied to open at home week one because they wanted to have Brady Day and they wanted it to be against a an opponent that would be good, be a draw, be a good game, do you think there's any lobbying that goes on during the schedules? Maybe. Well,
3: um, you know, there's always lobbying. Teams always lobby. Um, you know, you always – if you have West Coast trips, they always lobby to you know, maybe have them back-to-back so you can stay out there, things like that, uh, which the Eagles have done. Um so teams always lobby for certain situations. That's one that's going to take care of itself. I mean, one, you got to get the guy to agree to come back. There was speculation of some angst. You knew he'd come back eventually. But, A, you just mentioned the, you know, is he going to come back? Is he going to retire? You know, he, he, he might've said no, because he's got that in the back of his mind that he might come back. Um, but he didn't say no. He said yes. So, uh, and once he says yes, and once you kind of define the date of when you're going to do it, I, I think the NFL becomes malleable to you in that type of situation, because again, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big Tom Brady day. It's a big freaking deal. Um, so, I mean, the NFL is going to do everything in there, but typically it's the other way around. You're just worried about, we don't want, like last year, the Eagles had three consecutive road games, but, you know, Wrapped around Christmas, that wasn't that wasn't good. Um, and you try to lobby away from that. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you're not. Um, but in in those rare instances, and and it, you know, he's the most high-profile example. But you know, whether it's a great player coming back, uh, it, it, it's lesser as you go down the scale. Um, and quarterbacks are obviously. The most high profile, um, and that's the quarterback. So I think it's more the NFL being malleable in that type of circumstance, but that's very rare that you have that type of circumstance.
1: So we can't wait any longer, don't have to. The Eagles show up today and have their first workout tomorrow, so the season is actually going to get underway. The offseason started immediately after uh, Harrison Butker made that feel I know yeah Eagles gotta play. Jalen Hurt's had no chance there. His greatest season he's had. That would have been the miracle of all miracles if he pulled it out with one play left. Um that's when the off season started and it ends today when Eagles show up uh for twenty twenty three. I would say it's been a fairly drama-free offseason for the Eagles. No, they had to do a lot of replacing of players, but that's just the business of football. You're going to lose free agents. You're going to have to try and replace them through the draft or signing rogue free agents or guys off the scrap heap. I don't consider that drama-laden. That's just football business being done. The other stuff, off-the-field stuff, I would even say contract negotiations would be part of it, not uh, not building the roster, but keeping the roster in place by keeping guys paid and happy and the like. It's been a fairly drama free offseason, has it not, Johnny Mac?
3: Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the circumstances, um, you know, whether it's Zach Martin um sort of being disgruntled about his contract at Dallas Saquon Barkley by the way that uh, gets uh, his one-year deal done today this morning um which I think surprised a lot of people uh the big running back coalition got him nine nine in incentives that's about it um so yeah the Eagles have done a very good job um I guess you can talk about the sleigh stuff. That was a little bit dramatic. Um, that would be, I guess, the biggest drama. Uh, you know, saying goodbye. He and his wife said goodbye to Philadelphia. Then they do the 180. And that's, by the way, that's sort of baked in with CJ Gardner Johnson. You got some drama there. Um, he clearly overvalued himself, and he got carted off yesterday. I'm glad he's okay. It looks like he's going to be okay. But, um, you know, he the market speaks. The market always speaks. He overvalued himself. The Eagles wanted him back, weren't able to get it done, and sh- kind of shifted gears late. So I guess that would be the most. But that compared to other teams, that's, you know, that's pretty good when it comes to drama level, I would right. say. And with the fact that they were
1: in the Super Bowl, lost on the next last play of the game, that lends itself to drama. When you have as good a season as the Eagles did, you would think that drama could follow during the upcoming offseason. Really didn't. The Eagles had a pretty much drama-free off season. Credit to Nick Sirianni, Towie Roseman, the people in charge, the individual players, they got – no guys who stepped out. The one guy who liked to run his mouth, CJGJ, went elsewhere. Uh, and it happened relatively early in the offseason. They've been pretty much able to uh, avoid any drama. We'll see if any drama starts uh, come uh, Wednesday when they get their first practice underway. But uh, that's what we're here to talk about. Actual action on the field for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's always a balance between on the field and off the field. And we'll try and strike that balance John McMullen, Jody McDonald, two good guests coming your way today. Two of the better Eagle beat writers in the city. From inside the Eagles, that's I-G-G-L-E-S, uh, Jeff Knox is going to jump in here in hour number one, and then hour number two, Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philly will uh, jump in with us, too. MacAMAC McMullen and McDonald, Birds 365, Eagles opening day is here.
0: stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia
4: streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search
0: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
4: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
5: Go first!
4: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
6: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: All right, did you know it was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really? (laughs) <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to writer, go to Café, on. Mama. mama, go oh, Mama! She did
7: it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
3: Uh huh. E-A-G-L-E-X.
1: Eagles. With the off season in our rearview mirror, Birds Three Sixty Five is ready to tackle the twenty twenty three Eagles season. You got McMullen and McDonald to uh, break it down for you, and we tap into our friends, our guys that we know know the birds as well as we do. We'll do that early here today with Jeff Knox from Inside the Eagles, I G G L E S dot com. Jeff knock you ready to go back to work?
7: I'm ready to go back to work. I actually took the wrong time to decompress. I thought I had some time to make some flight plans, uh, schedule the rest of my summer. I come back to work this morning and uh, we got uh, Zach Barton deciding he wants to stay out of camp and Saquon Barkley's back at camp and Twitter calls itself X now. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to do some catching up.
3: Yeah, we got to give that out. Uh, the, the, the first time yesterday, Jeff, I had to say follow, certain guest on X doesn't feel right. Doesn't
7: right. Uh, doesn't
3: feel right at all. But uh, yeah, that'll take some getting used to. Um, training camp, uh, not as much getting used to now that we know how Nick Sirianni, the Eagles have done it, which I think is an organizational decision, not just the head coach yet, but nine training camp practices. Then you'll have two with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you have one uh, with the Indianapolis Colts, our old friends, Jim Swartz and Shane Steichen coming back. But, boy, not a lot, uh, but it's hard to criticize this team. I I mean, they're successful with it. Um, How do you take the the lack of work on field work?
7: I feel like if there was ever a time to – Alter the game plan slightly. This would be the year to do it. Two new, uh, two new coordinators on both sides of the ball. We actually have a, uh, we actually have uh, the nine practices as you mentioned. But I think this would be the time to do it. Um, that first game last year against the Detroit Lions, um, we saw some fatigue during parts of the second half and during parts of the first half as well. But um, it looked like the, the Detroit Lions were a little bit more ready to play than we were. Um, I was listening to you guys' conversation with John Clark yesterday, and he was discussing the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game and uh, Kansas City's decision to put Tyreek Hill in the slot. And uh, that caused us some issues because we didn't have a dime package. So, uh, so many moving parts, losing five starters on uh, defense. Um, I believe in Nicobe Dean, but um, I'm not exactly sure if we're going to see the same type of production from Nicobe Dean in year one as a starter that we saw from T.J. Edwards. So, um, again, as you mentioned, John, it's kind of hard to – criticize what's done based on the results that we've seen over the past couple of years. But I'm a little nervous and I guess I'm just pessimistic by nature, but I feel like this would be the time to alter the game plan if we were going to do it.
1: All right. I'll let you continue to be pessimistic if you so choose. Do you think part of it is, and I fear there's at least a little bit in there with this, that the Eagles like being smarter than everybody else. That part of why they do what they do is because yeah, we're going to do it differently because we're smarter than you. Uh, I, if that's a case, shame on the Eagles. And I'm not saying it's a big case, but though I think it's in the back of the mind of some of the people who are deciding these things. Yeah, I do. Am I being fair? Or am I just being a jerk?
7: No, I think you're right. Actually. And, and based on the results, they might actually be proven they're actually smarter than everybody else. The results, uh, yeah. always justify the means to some extent, and it actually proves why they're doing what they're doing. Um, they're not walking into they're not walking into seasons with injuries and a whole lot of concerns and things of that nature everybody seems to be equipped with what they need to do to get themselves into successful positions and the coaches are doing exactly what you ask coaches to do they're putting players in the best players to be successful and that you ask players to make plays when they're asked to do so and I think I think about guys like Reed Blankenship one of three undrafted rookies to make the roster last year and when he got his opportunity he was ready to go so um Though I use words like pessimistic and everything, I still trust the team, and I know they know more about what they're doing than I do.
3: Um, To sort of further Jody's point, but, you know, extend it to personnel, Um, Jeffrey. I, I, you know, I look at running back, and I I see a lot of people lauding the Eagles for building a running back room uh, from a financial standpoint that equals Miles Sanders' deal, which is true. You should laud them for that. Right. But that's not the same thing as on-field production. Um, And they lost a 1,269-yard rusher. And I hear this, uh, well, we'll just use a committee. We'll just use a committee. The problem with a committee, and Nick Sirianni kind of hinted that to us, is, well, in theory, I would like to call it off-season talk. In theory, you check the box. Well, this guy can do this. This guy can do that. But in real life, if you're saying, oh, Rashad Penny's on the field, we're going to run the ball. Um, DeAndre Swift is on the field. Third down, we're going to pass the ball. Um, Hurry up, we're going to go to Kenny Gainwell. You're giving the the opposing defense a neon sign. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And if you try to sort of trend bust, throw the football to Penny, you know, make DeAndre run it too much, make Kenny Gainwell run it too much. Then you give them uh, 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 an advantage by making guys do boxes. They don't check. So it all comes down to production on the field. Howie Roseman did a great job building a room from the salary cap standpoint, but that doesn't translate into they're going to run for 1,269 yards like Miles Sanders. Are people skipping an important step and saying, you know,
7: the money ball aspect is great unless they don't produce? What you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm actually going the other way. I actually think that you actually will have the same type of production, but you will see it from three different guys. Because we kind of saw that um, in the earlier stages of Miles Sanders' career. We uh, saw a mix of him and Jordan Howard on certain seasons. And then um, last year we also saw the same thing with uh, Miles and, it in Boston Scott from time to time. I think it'll be fine. I think the thing that worries me most is injuries and things of that nature. Um, what happens if we have DeAndre Swift go down? What happens if Rashad Swift goes down? Because history tells us that they will at some point. They're just not going to play 17 games. But the combination of all four, I think, works in conjunction with each other. Um, I honestly don't know if Rashad Penny can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He just maybe not have been asked to do it. But I think he probably has a skill set because I think overall, When you judge the talent of this this room, I think he might be the most talented, but in some ways also the most fragile. But I also trust the offensive line and Jeff Stoutland as the run game coordinator as well. So I think he'll make some great things happen. And I also trust Brian Johnson because um, though he's gotten a lot of discussion as to whether or not the offense is going to slack off to some degree with Shane Steichen moving on to Indianapolis, I still feel like I trust him because he doesn't have to come in and though he'll put his stamp on the offense, he doesn't have to come in and do a whole lot of change to what's already been done. Just continue to ride things the way they are. You don't actually have to alter too much of what's done. And he's actually been in the room with these guys when the game plans were done. So I think we're going to be fine in that aspect. I just worried about injuries and fingers across crossed we don't have any. And if so, maybe we're in a situation where we see, um, we might actually see uh, Trey Sermon step into the lineup and get a few more carries and show what he's capable of doing as well.
1: Yeah, you know, the coach we know likes Trey Sermon. We'll see if Trey Sermon can actually uh, make this team and be a contributor. Uh, not, not, not sure the coach is going to win that battle. Uh, but the Eagles did rush 147 yards a game last year, fifth most in the NFL. So the bar is pretty high. I'm with you, Jeff. I, I think the rushing game will be fine this year. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to have too tough a time replacing Miles Sanders. All right, Jeff, I want to ask you about some young guys. You mentioned Blankenship and and the fact that he had to jump in last year due to injury, Um, but he did, and he got the job done and is at least penciled in as a starting linebacker this year after being an undrafted guy uh, to being a starter in year two, pretty good meteoric rise for him. But just in general, since Nick Sirianni has taken over, I would say the Eagles have gone slowly with rookies. They haven't force-fed rookies. They like developing rookies, and the only reason why Blankenship played was because of injury last year. Otherwise, I don't know that he gets to start any games. Same thing this year? The key guy for me, the measuring stick guy, is going to be Sidney Brown and the competition that he'll be in with safety. Do you think the Eagles will try and avoid the startup costs of starting a rookie at safety game number one?
7: I think the best thing to do game number one is probably go with the established guys, Terrell Edmonds and uh, Reed Blankenship was here last year. So he's more familiar with what's going on. I think we'll see a lot of Sidney Brown at some point, because as you mentioned, uh, the Eagles have a tendency to believe they're smarter than everybody else. And they want to prove to you sometimes to their own detriment that we're just going to put these guys out on the field and everything because we invested these types of draft capital into them. Um, Looking back at some of Sidney Jones' college highlights, he doesn't seem to be the cover guy that I would like him to be. He seems more like the box guy, and Terrell Edmond seems like he's a box guy as well, so um, my concern would be what happens when these guys are asked to play coverage and things of that nature. And, again, like we mentioned with Rashad Penny and catching the ball out of the backfield, that's not to say that he can't do it. I just don't see a lot of evidence where, as to where he was asked to. Um, but Sidney Brown at some point, but I think the, I think, as you said, they bought themselves a little time with a – a decently constructed roster Um, going into training camp. They got five safeties on the roster and they typically keep five. Uh, We're forgetting Justin Evans to some degree. He's not Brian Dawkins or Malcolm Jenkins by any means and never will be, but he's solid enough to get the job done if called upon, I believe. And um, I, uh, Kayvon Wallace, I guess, being the the weak link there, because regardless of how long he's been here, we just keep bringing guys in and we just keep stacking guys in front of him and pushing them further down the depth chart. But, It's possible he makes this team as well. And um, maybe we can even go the route with some of the conspiracy theorists like uh, John, I hear you joke around a lot about how we tend to feel like we're just going to cure certain ills by just placing guys in positions that they never played before. And, I've actually started seeing rumors about Keeley Ringo, and why can't we just put him in safety, which is a totally different position than what he's
3: playing. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I
7: don't know where people
3: come up with this stuff. Sometimes you can't see I mean, Keeley
1: playing uh, safety there, Johnny Mack.
3: No, no, I okay, can't. They think he's going to be a really good cornerback, and the last thing they want to do is you know put that on his plate as a rookie. Um, yeah, it's bizarre. You know, I heard the same thing with Nolan Smith playing all ball linebacker. You know, a lot of people say, well, Nolan's better than Nicholas Morrow. No, he's not. Not as a weak side linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's a better edge rusher than Nicholas Morrow is a weak side linebacker. Right. But, <laughs> you know, you put. Well, bad things happen. Bad things tend to happen. So I, I, you know, yeah, I don't get it. Jeffrey, explain that to me from a <laughs> fan-based perspective. Like, all right, Kaylee Ringo's a tremendous college player. I think that plays into it as well. Um
7: I blame yeah. Madden. I think we Madden has <laughs> Madden has confused people into thinking that they can coach uh because they can uh run up a score on Madden pretty well and they feel like because of overall ratings, we can just place Cam Juergens over at right guard and see what happens and things of that nature. And those are the kind of questions I sit around and ask myself. Like, if Cam Jurgens is supposed to be the right guard, and we know that we're not going to see a whole lot of Jason Kelsey in the preseason, and we know that Jason Kelsey is probably not going to practice a lot at practice, how is Cam Juergens going to get the necessary snaps at right guard to actually compete with Tyler Steele? Yeah, I brought that up. That's
3: interesting because, you know, there's only nine practices. So what are we going to say? Two maintenance days for Kelsey minimum. Right. Um, and in those that, again, we haven't been there yet. We'll we'll be there for the first time tomorrow. But um, in the OTA that Jason took off, Cam was playing center. Um, and that was interesting to me. And I brought it up to Jody because I'm like, you know, you got a bunch of guys who can play practice. You can play center. You got Brett Todd. You got Cameron Tom. Not that they're great players, but they can hold down the fort for a practice. Right. If you want to get Cam Jurgens as many reps as possible as the starting right guard, but they went the opposite route. They said, nope, we're going to move Cam over to center, let Tyler Steen. So that can, you can look at that both ways. You could look at that. Like they're really trying to get Tyler Steen ramped up. Or you can look at it as they have so much confidence in Cam Jurgens, just toggling back and forth and I don't have the answer yet but it is interesting it's going to be one of the more interesting positions to look at at training camp because Tyler Steen's changing positions He's right. he's been he played right tackle, right tackle at Bandy. Yeah. he played left tackle at Alabama he's never played guard before so right. It, a lot of it is projection you mentioned Sidney Brown you know he was a box safety at Illinois the Eagles focused on his ability to play in the post because that's what they want to do and they that's the difficult part projection can these guys do it um and they better you know get it right at some point um yeah. but I yeah I think you're hundred percent right it's it's the Jurgen stuff is interesting to me it really is.
7: It really is. And I know I got us off subject a little bit here and everything. The original question was about safeties and stuff, but to answer that question, I, I feel pretty good about safety. Just a little worried about them in coverage. Um, we'll see. As far as Sidney Brown is concerned, I think Justin Evans will be a little bit more productive. Maybe not. I'm glad
3: you brought up Justin. In
7: Justin Evans, Evans,
3: he's a, the Eagles like him more than maybe the fan base realizes. Right. Um, he's got a, he's, you you made a bold prediction he's going to make the team. He's got a real chance to make the team. I think most people look at him and say he's not going to make the team. I think he's got a real chance to make the team. So you,
2: you, do you think they're actually going to keep
1: five safeties, six safeties? Uh, if uh, if, so said, if <laughs> Evans if is going to make it well, as well,
7: he's going to make it. Got a special teams,
3: I, so. I, I Yeah, I think Kayvon would be in trouble. I think it's Kayvon versus Justin and Evans, and I okay. think – if you're forced me to bet today, I'd probably bet on Justin Evans. Uh,
7: and in that case, if they do that, I would probably have Kayvon as a man out as well and stuff. And then if we bring a guy in late, like uh, <laughs> a game, a day before the, the season starts, yeah. so I think we're also talking about maybe doing some little bit more shifting. But I think you're right. I think Justin Evans is a little bit better than people give him credit for.
1: And here's one thing I absolutely don't know. If either you guys know, please tell me. Justin Evans is a special team player. Been around yeah. a little bit. I don't know if he's any stalwart, okay, never played special teams, because I will give Kayvon that much. He was a pretty good special teams player. The Eagles special teams wasn't great last year. It wasn't because of Kayvon Wallace. I thought he was actually okay at it. Uh, if you go with a guy like Evans and Kayvon Wallace uh, is not here or on the practice squad or whatever else, uh, again, I, I have some concerns that the importance of special teams – kind of like running backs and linebackers, has been de-emphasized. Oh, yeah. It
7: mm-hmm. has.
3: It has been de-emphasized. Uh,
7: the days but, of Dave Fipp are gone. I miss that guy. Yeah. He turned special teams into a weapon. We uh, yeah. we show up in New England. We got guys scoring on punt returns. We're blocking putts. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing kickoffs returns. Yeah, you know, Sometimes I was just
3: looking at, because I was doing my special teams preview for uh, Sports Illustrated, and I was just looking at, uh, Rick Goslin's ratings and, and, and PFF's ratings, Jeff, and uh, the Eagles are bottom five. Nick Sirianni always says you never want to be bottom five in anything. That was the only thing they were bad at really spe- yeah. special teams pretty consistently. You know, who was number one by PFF Detroit Lions, Dave fifth. Um, there's uh there's a correlation there, but, but part of it's personnel as well. Uh, good um, guys here, yeah. back in the I think we we had you frozen for a little bit, Jody. But back yep. in the the pip days, and really even farther to John Harbaugh, to be honest.
7: Right, right.
3: The Eagles would always keep one or two players specifically because they were great special teams players. Whether it was Chris Maragos, those Chris types. Maragos, Brian, really Brian Bramans, cool. Najee Good, even. Uh, really good special teams players that probably weren't going to be able to help you that much at different positions. They don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. So to Jody's point, you know, maybe Kay Bond was one of their best, not maybe, he was one of their best special teams players last year. That's not as important to the Eagles anymore. Um, maybe it should be. I was going to say, they've proven. I, I was okay with that until the Kansas city chiefs took the ball inside in, yeah.
1: Super Bowl to punt return. Then all of a sudden, everybody worried about special teams coverage. Yeah, you like right to say is. Johnny Mac. Nobody worries about stopping the run until they have to stop the run. Yeah. Right. Same thing with special teams until somebody makes a big play against you. Ah, it's only special.
3: Teams. Yeah. There's no Maragoses uh, anymore. I mean, there aren't, they just don't do yeah. it. And maybe they should. But, you know, they kind of tried it with Kyron Johnson, who was a good special teams player in college, but he didn't really stand out. I think that's sort of, and he's on the bubble this time around. They kind of moved him from edge rusher to off ball linebacker, but really he's a special teams player. Um, Zach's very good at special teams. Josh Job was pretty good. Other, Christian Ellis, I should mention, first and foremost, uh, was really good. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, bottom five. Nick says you can't be bottom five. Well, they were bottom five uh, in, in, in special teams.
7: Are you feeling like uh, Josh Joe's production on special teams gives him a uh, realistic shot of making the roster again this year and everything? Because I keep looking at the cornerbacks <clears throat> now. I don't know who I'm keeping and who I'm not. Their days yeah, I actually look at the cornerback They're I'm keeping three queens off the team.
3: I, 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 you know, corner's interesting because you got the three proven guys, right? And right. then they just have a boatload of guys who really have some upside for the first time in a long time because they've always struggled with cornerback depth. And Ringo's going to make the team. McPherson's going to make the team. So that's five right there. Yeah. i think they're going to keep six corners and yeah i would say josh Job is the leader in the clubhouse uh for that six spot but then i'll go one further jeff you know people kind of forget you got a 16-man practice squad i expect eli ricks to be here yeah, i expect a- mckay Gardner to be here um they'll get them through waivers so they're going to keep a bunch of those guys, whether it's on the 53 or the practice squad. The key is Greedy Williams. You know, I don't see a spot for him, and that's pretty good. You know, that's a former yeah. second-round pick, and yeah. if he can't make your team, that's that's a good sign. The cornerback is not where I'd be worried, but I'll turn it that way, and I'm getting too worried. Linebacker, that's where I'm worried.
7: The I Eagles worried have taken
3: them. this too far at linebacker. I agree. They should devalue the position, but
7: not to the level they have. I totally agree with that. And um, again, uh, I know Jody is a big, uh, we've been talking about this for probably about two years now. Jody is a huge uh, N'Kobe Dean guy. Oh, yeah. He actually <laughs> talked me into the Nicobe Dean thing. Cause I think our first conversation about him, Jody, I was saying that uh, I thought he was the product of maybe playing with some great teammates and things of that nature. And, I know we have that discussion too much about every position, like including Jalen. Like we always tend to, we we tend to feel like it's a flaw for great players to have great teammates. Yeah. It's not their fault. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But N'Kobe Dean, I think um, I think the worst of N'Kobe Dean we'll see it maybe the first half of the season, but I think he'll settle in and I think he's a guy, he's a guy that can get skinny. He's a guy that can kind of get off blocks pretty quickly. He's athletic enough to get around guys and things of that nature. I've seen him get through uh holes in the line that I didn't think were there. So I think um, reproducing what they did at Georgia and everything with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the line, I think he'll be fine. Um, but I think the worst of him we'll probably see in the per- first half of the season. I think he'll then settle down and he'll be okay, but maybe a slight drop off at middle linebacker because I, I don't think I see him leading the team in tackles like we saw from TJ Edwards a year ago. And I don't see Nicholas. Really? A,
1: hold on. Let me interrupt there. Go if ahead. not N'Kobe Dean, who? Who's I don't gonna, know. <laughs> Going to lead the Eagles and tackles.
7: I got a I, lot of questions about this deal. I'll,
1: I'll take N'Kobe Dean. If you, if we, yeah, them, I mean, I, I'll I'll,
7: take... I'll give
1: you I'll give you three picks, Jeff. I'll yeah. give you three Good. guys. I'll take one. Yeah. I'll take Nickobe Dean. You can take the next three Eagles you want to choose for who uh, leads the Eagles and tackles this year for Diet Coke.
7: Can I take the field? Can I take – I mean, – I'm not going to give up. you every
1: defensive nah. player, but I'll give you three choices to my one. I'm taking a kid who got all of 34 snaps last year, and I'm suggesting he's going to lead the Eagles in tackles and give you your choice of the next three.
7: Good, I'm going to put Nicobe in the top three because I think he's going to be – like I said, I think he's slight enough. I think he's athletic enough. I think he's smart enough to get some things done. Um, but – uh even though you're not going to let me do it, Jody, I'm going to go ahead and take the field anyway, because I really yeah. don't know. I think that's <clears throat> yeah.
3: Well, I will say this. If Jody's wrong and N'Kobe Dean doesn't lead the team in tackles, it's because he's hurt. What, but I, a, I will say, who cares? It's not about the, – the the defense is designed to funnel uh, you know, plays to the middle linebacker and the weak side linebacker, and those guys clean up. The key is, is that tackle – Two yards down the field, or seven yards down the field. Right. Um, so, Nakobe's going to lead the team in tackles, but I don't think that's relevant. Um, you know, as far as how he plays, TJ Edwards played very well. It's not about that he led the team in tackles; it's about he played very well. And Kaiser Kaiser White was um, competent at at, at, at and sometimes a little bit more than that. Yeah, depending on where he was in the season,
1: I, but he, you know, here's where I think Nicobe Dean could be better than T.J. Edwards. Last year, T.J. Edwards, no interceptions, no forced fumbles. Nicobe Dean at yeah. Georgia was a playmaker. He was part of getting the ball turned over, and I think he can do that in the defense this year. Do I think he's going to get 159 tackles? Probably not. First thing first, to get there, you'd have to stay healthy all 17 games, like miss no snaps, which I don't know if he can do. But I'll bet you he's more of a playmaker than Edwards was last year.
3: Yeah, that's the hope. I mean, that's definitely the hope. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a bold choice because TJ played so well Last year and this contract, he got a significant contract, but um, it wasn't crazy. Um, right. And I, if you would have told me before pre-agency um, six and a half million, I said, well, the Eagles will bring him back and they'll play Nacoby at weak side linebacker um, and, and let Kaiser white move on would would have been my guess. Um, and they didn't do it. It was too much. Uh, And that's where I get into the devaluation aspect of it. Um, I get the Eagles thinking. I agree with the Eagles thinking. Chicago is a perfect example. They not only paid TJ Edwards, they uh, paid Tremaine Edmonds. It's crazy to spend that much money at all-ball linebacker in the modern NFL. But the assumption that the Eagles have been doing this for years and there's been more Eric Wilson's in LJ forts than there have been TJ Edwards and, and Kaiser white. So what is the assumption that whether it's, it even put Nicobe aside, aside, Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, boy, I'm, I'm not confident in those guys. I'm confident in Christian Ellis is special teamer, but that's, that's as far as it goes.
7: We'll see. We'll definitely see. I think, uh, I I looked at Morrow and his uh starts with the Bears last year and things of that nature. He seems to be he seems to be somebody that could possibly be a wild card uh fingers across there and um there are also some doubts but um the one, to Jody's point a little earlier about Nicole B. Dean and the ability to make splash plays I think those things are important too but um the one thing that I loved about TJ was he also did what we were just discussing a few minutes ago where he took those he, he had those five yard stops that could, and prevented them from being seven yards down the field. He was always around the ball and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe not splash plays as far as forcing fumbles and creating interceptions and turnovers and things of that nature. But down by down, I think I began to trust him and stuff. And I think as we go on, um, we'll begin to do the same with N'Kobe, but it comes back to those nine practices, man. It's like, <laughs> we're not going to have enough work in there to get them done. So yeah, um, maybe a couple yeah. of shootouts in the beginning of the season and maybe, um, some losses that we didn't account for somewhere along the line, which always happens in the Philadelphia Eagles season. And uh, maybe uh, some bad showings against some of the elite quarterbacks in the league, but nakobe has got the talent and he's got the head for it. And though he's quiet, I think sometimes we forget about his work ethic and things of that nature because sometimes we, we think about work ethic, and we we do so. like uh, John, I think I heard you say this a long time ago, but we see guys post a five-second clip of them lifting weights, and we think that they're just in the gym all day, and they're not doing that. <laughs> yeah,
3: but, well, you know, one of the things, my biggest concern with N'Kobe, tremendous instincts, tremendous instincts to play the position. And I'm really glad John it. Clark, you mentioned John Clark was on the show. Really? John brought it up, because for whatever reason, I say N'Kobe's really small, and fans get mad at me. I don't know. They want me to lie to him or what? He's really small to play middle linebacker in the NFL. Now the game's changing. I mean, um, you don't have Dick Butkus anymore, but TJ was 240 pounds really remade his body from when he got here. Really? You know, he played Jody mentioned he didn't play 17 games. He played 20 games and he played basically every snap. And, He's got the armor, so to speak, to handle that kind of stuff. A lot of ways, linebackers like running back, not only from the devaluation, but those are the guys that take the punishment. Those are the guys that take the punishment on, on the defensive side of the ball. He's undersized. I'm that. That's my biggest concern with N'Kobe Dean. And he was undersized
1: playing in the SEC against the biggest collegiate players, and he had no problems whatsoever. Not the
3: same, man. Not the same. As good as the SEC is, I can run down a litany of players that were great SEC players that didn't do anything in the NFL. Now, I have tremendous optimism in N'Kobe Dean. I I think he's going to be a good player. Is he going to be – you know, the Eagles are hoping to play through February 11th again. And it's the Super Bowl. Is he going to play 20 games? I would, I would, if they get that far, and I'll just, that's You're not close. fair. So I'll just say 17. Is he going to play 17 games at the kind of traffic TJ Edwards did? That I would take the under on. That I would take the under on. Because that durability is tough. It really is. And that's the Eagles had that going for him last
1: year at both linebackers' positions. K- uh, Kaiser White stayed on the field too, which I still, to this day, Jeff, I a lot of shots at the Eagles today. I still fault the Eagles coaching staff for not getting nikobe Dean Moore run last year they had enough games where they were up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter he could have gotten more snaps than he did but that's just again they they, they were tied in the Super Bowl 10 seconds ago you gotta <clears> take <throat> a step back and look at a big picture every once in a while but I don't care you should have played nibe Moore last year um running back Genox Johnny wrote an article for si today uh yesterday whatever um that he thinks it's going to be a hot hand running back position, that Nick uh, Sirianni dropped enough hints that uh, that's the way he's going to handle it this year, that it could be any (laughs) of the five guys, including your boy, Trey Sermon, who you referenced earlier. Uh, If someone steps up and grabs the job by the throat, don't be surprised if they get close to a Miles Sanders type role as the lead back, even though they are a back by committee on paper and on the roster as of right now. A, do you think that can happen? And B, if it happens, who's the most likely guy to do it?
7: Well, I did mention Trey Sermon, but uh, John mentioned the 16-man practice squad and everything, and I think that's where we'll see Trey sit for the most part. I think I was talking about elevating him in, in terms of if there is an injury that we probably will see to DeAndre Swift or Rashad Penny or both. But um, I think four guys make this roster. I think it is going to be a hot hand type of idea. Um I think we'll also be frustrated by the middle of the season that we'll see fans complaining because this team is airing it out a lot more than they probably like them to do it because that's just what we do in Philadelphia and in this fan base. But um, I think DeAndre Swift is capable enough. Um, I honestly don't see more than 500 rushing yards because I was thinking, you know, what's he going to do? And I actually started looking at the stats and that was pretty much the average 500. And I think 600 is where he topped out at one point. Um, again, Rashad Penny, I think is uh I think it's a monster when he can stay healthy. It's just hasn't been able to, he hasn't been able to prove that he can do so consistently. Kenneth Gainwell, I've always liked Kenneth Gainwell. I was saying he was a steal when we took him in the fifth round a couple of years ago. So I'm just uh I'm I'm kind of beating myself on the chest and uh doing what the Eagles do, feeling like I'm smarter than everybody else because I told everybody this. Hmm. <laughs> but, uh, and Boston Scott as well. Um huge fan of Boston. Um disappointed at times that we only tend to want to use him as a weapon against the Giants, but I see a guy who runs ferociously. I see a guy who doesn't get hurt. I see a guy that can catch the ball um, smart with his decision-making, kind of hard for defensive linemen to see and everything because he's, what is he, five three five five. 5'5"? <laughs> Five yeah, he's
3: uh, he's he's about five five. But, he's a small you know, he's
7: a small guy. We're just gonna say that and, um, you know you know kind of hard to see him until he breaks over to the other side. Of I life. always say yeah. same thing with Darren
3: Sproles. People would say Darren Sproles is small. He's not small. He's short. Boston Scott is short, but he is thick and powerful. One of the strongest players on the team, pound for pound, same as Darren Sproles back in the day. Uh, I get to say it at GQ underscore four underscore Eva on X, X, Twitter on X. Make sure you follow Jeff there. Um, in inside the Eagles, I G G L E S dot com. Uh, talked a lot about the running back. We never talk about the quarterback because he's a constant. That's amazing. I won't even go down that route, but I will talk about wide receiver three with you jeff who do you want olamide zacchaeus or quez
7: watkins Alameda, i don't trust quiz <laughs> <laughs> quiz took a step backwards last year and i think he even admitted yeah, that um and Quez came up small in too many big spots for me and mm-hmm. i feel like even if Alameda came in and he came up small in about three spots he's at least equal what Quez has done so um Use as in emergency situations and in situations where we can just use them on streaks down the field and things of that nature. Uh funnel the ball to Dallas got a little bit more. That should be your third option in this passing attack. Um see what we can do with uh Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift in the passing game and um as you guys were talking about it, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, I'm not gonna put any Eagles running backs on my fantasy team because I don't know when I'm supposed to start them. Right. But uh it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting year with a lot of good guys, but I'm gonna go with Alameda because um as bad as the Falcons were, he was one of the guys I kept finding myself paying attention to. Yeah, and I hope he's gonna be a wonderful addition to this Eagles offense.
1: All right. Last thing for me, Jeff, and uh my partner yesterday called Twitter. I don't think he called it X at the point, uh, at the point I think he called Twitter. A cesspool.
3: Cesspool. Well, uh, it yeah.
1: is. I did. I, mean, I, quote, is, yeah. I quoted John correctly. Uh, cesspool. Yeah. Are you going to be doing your banking with the cesspool that is X? That That's like the key thing to their rebranding. They want to be able to handle your money. They want to lend you a helping hand, moving money around from account to account to account. Going to be using X to move that big Eagles money uh, this year? Jeff
7: Knox, I'm a little stingy and a little fearful about doing anything with my money. If it's not no, in no. my checking and account, the word you're, you're, the word smart.
1: you're a little too smart to allow something too like smart.
7: that to happen. Too smart. Good idea. And argument, it is a cesspool. I keep finding myself going over the threads on Instagram a little bit more. And uh, Red is pretty cool if you guys have a chance to check out Red. What? What? You know, what?
3: uh reddit uh reddit nice is, uh, video, we'll like is the new one from mark zuckerberg uh what else we got Jeff? what
7: else did you mention uh I love, I, i'm starting i'm starting to like three i can't like figure so out different. instagram
3: i show my age i cannot figure out instagram i can't figure it out i'm like what somebody puts on a link and it doesn't take you to the link and you got to go to the story I'm I'm out on Instagram. Yeah, I, I no never joined
1: Instagram because I thought I figured it out pretty early. It's picture based. That the, the well, most important thing based, that you do but... on Instagram is put up pictures. Look at his face. Would you put up pictures? No, you would not. So why the hell would I want to be on Instagram? No, but yeah, the
3: point is the the point is players hashtags. That's what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, players put stuff up there sometimes, and. I can't, I can't bind it, Jeff. I can't bind it. I, Instagram is, I I don't know why people use it. It's, it's, it's a mess.
1: Yeah, players do because you got the bling on. So you want to show it off. That's why you're on Instagram. Well, I don't care. No bling here. No, but when they say something, with the Mac man, I don't need to be on Instagram. When they say
3: something goopy, I want to be able to. Link to it, and it's impossible to link to it. It just drives me nuts. It's yeah, not, I'm sure it's very easy, but it just drives me nuts. It's not. uh Yeah, uh, we're easy. showing our age, though, Jody. Yeah, give I'm it a try. Yet. Give it a try. There's I'm okay with X. They're not, their, they're not getting.
1: They're not getting their hands on my money, as X. But I'll I'll stick with X as far as gathering. I'll information. stick with
3: PayPal and Venmo and the proven commodities right. when it comes to money. Yeah. I'm with you on that, John. Fair yeah. enough. G
1: Knox, yeah. great stuff. We appreciate it whenever you jump in. Time for you, me, everybody else to get back to work. Looking forward to the 2023 season. We'll have you plenty uh, on during it. Uh, thank you for doing it this morning.
7: Appreciate you guys for having me. You guys have a good morning. Thanks, Knox
1: inside the Eagles. That's I-G-G-L-E-S.com. com. Good Eagle website for you to check in on a daily basis with the season about ready to get underway. All right, Johnny Mac.
3: Uh, We froze up. I don't know if it's just me uh, or uh, Jody has frozen up on everybody, so I'll continue, but we got to get to a break um, and we'll be back with more Birds 365.
5: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
1: J-Mac and J-Mac. That'd be John McMullen and Jody McDonnell. Your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. appreciate uh, Jeff Knox for hopping in with us from inside InsideTheEagles.com. We've got Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philly joining us in less than 15 minutes from now. Uh, Johnny Mac, didn't want to ask you about a guy who apparently came in for a workout with the Philadelphia Eagles, Javante Parker, who um, was it John McMullen who broke the story that uh, Javante coming in for work? No. Or Dave Zangaro or uh, Jeff Knox or Jeff McClain or No. XFL Twitter broke the story that Javante Parker was coming in for a workout. If you got an ex-player who's loyal to the the brand, I guess, you get that kind of information, you put it out there before anybody else. uh, The Gervonta Parker was getting a workout with the...
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and
3: his facility shines.
1: eagles Uh, i was a couple of days ago any uh information leaking out as to how we look good they look good they look bad all right nice knowing you appreciate you showing up we won't be offering you anything any chance the eagles at 89 right now they do have one roster spot they can deal with if um, i think they're
3: at 90 Um, are they at 90 yeah now still that Sills doesn't count matt leo counts um in the offseason roster was shown the off-season. Um, so Dennis Kelly was ninety. They were at oh, that's now.
1: right. They picked up Kelly. Yeah. My bad. I knew they were at eighty-nine. I completely yeah. forgot about Dennis Kelly. Thank you for correcting
3: me. Um, and, and I, I, it's Jabonta Payton. Um, peyton
1: what I say, Parker. My bad.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, he has not worked out yet. Um. But oh, it, it didn't even work out. No, um, the Eagles have to report workouts each day on the wire. They haven't reported it yet. Now, typically, this goes on. You see it with other NFL teams. Our buddy Colin Thompson signed in uh, Minnesota yesterday. Um, teams generally have a bunch of workouts at the beginning of camp. Sort of look at some of the issues that Colin uh, is there... signed,
1: or did he just get a workout?
3: no he signed nice uh, he got a workout and then he signed And he signed. Uh, good
1: for Colin.
3: yeah so now he's on their 90 man roster um yeah so you you've seen it all across the league for the teams that are already in there uh you have sort of that constant churn and receiver is one of those positions where mm-hmm. the eagles don't have a ton of depth i mean it it, it If you start looking past, we just talked about Alameda and and Quez. If you get past those guys, you know, Britton Covey's five, but he's really more here to be the punt returner. And then you start talking about Devin Allen and Tyree Cleveland and the undrafted rookies, Joseph Nada, Jaden Hazelwood, Charleston Rambo's a guy who they brought in, um, after he was a rookie tryout player and they signed him and, uh, Greg Ward, of course, uh, in that mix as well. Um, those are your backup receivers. So, you know, they could to use an upgrade. So it, and, and by the way, today or tomorrow, I expect you'll, you'll hear the Eagles working out a few players. I, I think it'll be more than Javanta just happened to be the XFL released it. Right. Um, Um, I think probably, you know, a handful of players they'll they'll work out and see. hey, you know, can we get an upgrade here? Can we get an upgrade there? You know, you might see a linebacker, you know, um, certain positions where the depth is shaky, shall, shall we say.
1: Will one of those workout players be a punter? Or are they going to let the two guys who are under contract right now just fight it out?
3: Maybe. You know, punter's interesting in that it's a little bit different than a normal position because, you know, when the Eagles haven't brought in competition, they constantly say, well, the competition's not here. Boots on the ground. But you're competing against other guys in camps uh, elsewhere. Um, And you can do that at punter. You know, I mentioned, and we only saw 100 minutes in the spring, like I always say, but it was not close. So, you know, it doesn't look like Ty Zettner is going to be able to push Aaron Sipas. And if they want somebody to push him, yeah, that could be somewhere. That's why
1: I asked the question, because I remember you're saying Sipas looked much better in the informal workouts that they had. Again, not a lot to go on, but with not doing a lot, that's what you have to go on. That's why I thought there was a possibility they might bring in another punter. All right, one other thing I want to touch on before we get uh, Zingaro up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, Yesterday in the NFL, another betting suspension. Yeah. And you and I have gone back and forth on this a little bit. Uh, You're a little bit more questioning of the NFL and how they handle it. I don't have a problem with them being... Uh, diligent and, and trying to and protect the, um, the, the the texture of the National Football League, um, the, the fact that they, they have come out with harsh suspension, six games or indefinite. That's all they've had right now. It's one of those things, again, you and I have had this conversation with our, our loyal listeners uh, all the time. There are certain things that are in the CBA that were collectively bargained that they can't move off the amount of uh, time that you're going to spend on a sideline. They're in there as rules, even though it looks silly for someone who does something that seems to be more outrageous, domestic violence uh, rather than betting a two team parlay. But there are certain things that are dictated to by the CBA that are written in its punishments and they have to stick to those punishments. So it's been either six games, which seems harsh except for in comparison to indefinite, which seems even harsher. And seven of the 10 have been indefinite. Here's the question I have for yesterday. Um, and it's a kid from, I, uh, do, do you want to take a shot at pronouncing it? Timber,
3: yeah. Uh, e- 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 I don't even want to do the first e- one. E- Emioma? Zirika, yeah, who knows. Uh, but You yeah.
1: were Ziriki? Uh, again, we apologize. He's not one of the Eagles. So we're we're not up to speed with the latest pronunciation of some of the players around the league. Um, He got suspended, and it's indefinite. He's going to be out for a while for betting on National Football League games in 2022. Johnny, we're now in 2023. We are months removed from 2022, like a half a year removed. This is where you and I kind of part ways. You think that it's a little. Oh, uh, a little. Harsh. Well, I don't think
3: it's harsh with NFL games. I think it's harsh if, uh, as you mentioned, you're spending five bucks to bet on the Miami Heat, but you did it in the parking lot. I think it's harsh to give somebody like that six games. Um, that's where I kind of differ. NFL games, yeah, you got to draw the line. So that to me is a little bit different. Now, I get the part where I don't know. <laughs> And nobody really knows, is you know, how much they have clearly defined this to these players. Now they're doing it, but it's sort of the toothpaste is out of the tube, and I I don't think it's fair because they had a conference call with us reporters a couple of weeks ago explaining the rules. Well, I'm thinking to myself, you know, natural cynicism as a reporter. Why the hell is it happening now? Why the hell didn't it happen before when all this started? And my assumption is they do everything fly by the seat of the pants. They didn't expect it, unintended consequences. Now they got to button it up. And if that's the case, um, yeah, I think it's unfair. But uh, yeah, I,
1: think... I I don't think, and I know uh, to use the example we used twice now already the two team five dollar parlay on a NBA game or a college basketball game or whatever uh, seems a little harsh for a pet, but they laid it out. And they, they have now gone to great lengths to uh, make their point and hammer home their point that this what was in place. And if the teams didn't get the information to the players, the teams knew exactly what the punishment's going to be. We relied on the teams to make sure that the players knew and how seriously we're taking this. So I'm not looking to cut the players any slack here. I think they had the information. It wasn't like a 27-page binder they had to go to. It was one sheet with the rules on it. And if you screwed up and you didn't realize, oh, I can't make a bet, sitting in my car here in the parking lot. It says so right there in the rules. You're not supposed to do it. So I don't have a problem with them uh, hitting these guys with suspensions they do seem a little harsh but the fact that they're getting suspended i don't have a problem they want to keep the integrity of the league in place i'm good with that here's my question on this one what the hell took so long if he was betting on a game in 2022 and i'll take it at its face value that it was a regular season game not a post not a uh if we consider the eagles run last year to be the 2022 season even though they played in the 2023 super bowl um, I'm assuming they mean he bet on a regular season game. Whatever. It's mid July. It's again on late July. Why do we not find out about this? Why does the NFL not take the action? about Well, this? and
3: that's sort of the same vein, Jody. Like you're asking a question, which is a legitimate question. Why did it take so long? Yes. That's the same. And you're talking about that piece of paper, which we've all seen now. Why the hell didn't we see? That's what I'm saying. The same thing, but a different subject. We saw the paper, but why did we see the paper so late? We only saw the paper so late because they're trying to button it up. Now, all of this is in the CBA. But again, they the the, the problem from my standpoint is they didn't know how big of a problem it, w- it would be uh, because of the goopiness of embracing it. And not only that, but the bigger issue is because how simple it has become, um, and they didn't pay a lot of attention to it, other than the normal attention dating back to the days of Alex Karras, you know, getting suspended. Um, it's always been taboo. In fact, more so in in, in the prehistoric days when um, it was completely forbidden. You go back a few years ago; they wouldn't let Tony Romo do a fantasy football convention. How silly! Does that look now um, because they've been braced everything and they're going to have betting kiosks and NFL stadiums. Uh, and now they're trying to get again, the toothpaste back in the tube. So you're asking a logistics question. You know, there's, there's uh, if you get suspended, you can appeal and there's all kinds of stuff that can make it go on a little bit longer but as far as being above board they're never above board so you know and you say that, that that's that was my whole point about the rules the rules were given to us as reporters way past the point that they should have been and that tells me that they weren't taking it seriously behind the scenes you might be and right
1: but uh, as far as i could tell and and someone gave me this information um off the record the the teams had the information
3: well of course and, they have the cba I right mean, they have the cba
1: so if the the individual teams didn't get the individual information to the individual players on their rosters that's not on the nfl that's on the individual teams And oh, by the way, yes, the Eagles, too, like a lot of other teams, uh, certainly came out during the offseason to talk about exactly what you can and can't do and whatever. And they made the point to you guys as members of the press, here's what it is in case you don't know. Well, more importantly, you should have got the information to your players that they might have had one meeting and handed out one sheet if they handed out uh, 65 of them. When they left the meeting room, there might have been 42 of them on the floor that the guys looked at and just left it there when they left. Shame on them. Shame on the teams. Now, it doesn't mean shame on Eagles. I'm talking about everybody across the board because the Eagles at this point have had zero players suspended and or uh, taken any action against because of gambling. So the Eagles did a good job, but maybe some other teams didn't. And that's why, guys – I would certainly point the finger at the Detroit Lions since they have as many guys who have been uh, suspended and or uh, released because of it. Yes, certain teams dropped the ball. That's not on the NFL. It
3: is is what it is at this point. There's nothing you can do with it. It is collectively bargained. Um, And that, you know, I would always argue with marijuana suspensions when that was not allowed. And people would bring up, as you pointed out, Jody, well, the NFL thinks... Uh, domestic violence isn't as bad as marijuana smoking. No, one was structured in the CBA, right. one wasn't. Um, that was the difference. And that's part of the problem. And and this is both sides, the NFLPA and the NFL. There should be more room for common sense. And that's where I go down the route of the $5 NBA bet. Uh, there should be more common sense. Then if you're betting on NFL games, get out get out. Uh, if you, uh, a a stupid young kid and I'll use the term stupid because most of us were stupid. I don't think that's out of range. And Mm -hmm. and you make a mistake. You shouldn't have to pay to the significant degree that they have to pay. You should be able to say, Hey, you know what? Suspend them for a game. Give them a fine, do whatever you do it again. Out, get out. I'm fine with that. I think there's room for common sense. There's never been room for common sense with the NFLPA and the NFL. And you would think they would learn from their issues with marijuana over the years. But they don't.
1: I'll tell you who hates common sense, that's Commissioner Goodell. Because no matter what John McMullen thinks is common sense or Jody McDonald thinks is common sense, there's going to be somebody with a megaphone to scream out, this is not common sense, Roger Goodell when he's left to subjectively pass out punishment, he gets killed every single time. Not, not it, most it, times, it, now, not, you're not right. 98% of the time. A big, loud, even if it's a minority, are going to call out Roger. How could he do this? How could he come out with this suspension? The, the previous suspension was this, that, the other thing. No, that's why Goodell and the NFL like to have locked-in punishments. Because if it's not locked in ahead of time, they're going to get crushed for their subjectivity and their common sense.
3: And that's why I say Twitter is a cesspool. Part of that is baked in. There is always going to be that squeaky wheel who's louder than anything else and is never happy and no matter what Roger Goodell does. But think of it from this standpoint, Jody. They have taken no more, no more crap then when people bring that up, and you've seen it a million times, because I've seen it a million times, how many times? And I already used the example. Did people say in the in the previous when marijuana smoking was not allowed? How many people would say you believe beating a woman right is is worse than smoking marijuana? No, nothing is worse than that. So if you use common sense. Yes, you're always going to have the idiots screaming from the soapbox, but that's far better than the idiots saying, "Oh, domestic violence." The NFL doesn't care about domestic domestic violence. What's worse from a PR perspective? Common sense is always the best way to go.
6: Unless, well, you you're right.
3: L- Roger's always going to get
1: shit. He's gonna right get, about that. He gets shit upon every single time. Um, and I'm I'm with you. I think. What they put in place for these uh, breaking of the gambling violations, little harsh, but it is in place. And that's what the NFL wants. They want something in place. They want to take the subjectivity out of it. You call it common sense. I know what you're saying.
3: And there's a lot to that. They don't want that. They want it to be negotiated. But that's what I said. They don't use common sense, Jody, because they've never gotten more shit than uh, over the example that I just gave you. Never. And they never will. Because from a moral standpoint, it sounds hideous. It's not true. It was never true. But that's the hits that they took. And they find that better than some goofball on Twitter saying... Oh, he bet on an NBA game. He should be suspended for ever. I'll, yeah, take, no, that hit. I'll gonna, take that I'm hit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna
1: come away as a Goodell lackey here. Um, n- no two domestic violence incidents are created equally, so you have to have some subjectivity baked into it. It, it to just lump them into one sum. It's a four game suspension thing. Then you're going to get those same loud idiots from social media going, Well, all he did was uh, slap her, and this guy punched her in the face and broke her jaw. How can they both be four game suspensions? Well, they can't. So that's why some altercation, some things that players can do wrong, have to be judged on an individual basis. And that's when Goodell gets in trouble. So he would, he, he attempts to, they would prefer to have. A locked-in punishment so that there could be no debate about it after the fact. It is what it is. Both sides collectively bargainly, bargainly agreed to it. That's what they prefer to have, but it can't be done with every single offense. All right, McDonald and McMullen here with you on Birds 365. I see, in our preview mirror, Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philly is ready to join the fray here on Birds 365.
0: stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV, now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
2: The big
4: story on Action News. Search
0: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
4: Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently.
5: Go first!
4: Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Gilbert. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds.
6: The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered. But now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I
1: was the Mommy Slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd So go to ready, go to love. Fake a mama. Mama, go! Oh, mama!
6: She did
7: it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
6: Uh-huh.
5: E-A-G-L-E-X.
1: Eagles. It's almost like opening day. No, I'm not actually playing. We're going to hold off on that for a couple of weeks when I go up and take on uh, the Patriots on Tom Brady Day. But everybody back to school today for the Philadelphia Eagles down in uh, South Philadelphia. You see him down in South Philadelphia when he hops on TV, getting a lot of FaceTime with this Eagles' 30 most important uh, players uh, this year. David Guzengar are also getting some FaceTime with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Yeah, you look good. Guzengar, is that why you look as good as you do today? Because they said we need you a whole bunch for television.
8: No, I. Uh, <laughs> uh, well rested. You're well. Yeah, rested. Yeah, I'm well man. rested. We had a good summer, and yeah. Uh,
3: Where'd you go? Vancouver. Was that where you were going?
8: Yeah, I was in. Uh, we went, I went to Vancouver Island for a yeah. few days, and then nice. Washington State. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. got away well, a little bit
1: what the hell's in vancouver
8: uh there. vancouver island it's uh so it's kind of cool it's just, it's just a beautiful area of british columbia right off of uh the mainland so hopped on a ferry um spent a few days out there I actually went to the town i stayed in it's called uh campbell river and it's the hometown of rod brindamore
3: Really oh, Yeah, and, uh, I, didn't, I, sound I didn't like know
8: that until we were out there and we were on a on a boat and the captain was telling us about um just the town a little bit and he mentioned and Rod Brendamore was like my favorite hockey player growing up as a kid. So we went out to dinner that night and happened to see uh a flyer's Rod Brendamore jersey like I was ending. gonna say you had to see you know? a Brindy jersey yeah, in point. the restaurant. So me and my buddies took a photo with it and uh
3: yeah, it was cool. Did they mention him on the tour? No, not at? on the tour? Oh, we were right. just
8: like chatting with the guy because okay. well, that would have been really,
3: uh, yeah, that would have been. I mean, he's a big a deal there. They have, <laughs> yeah, like
8: the local rink they named after him and everything. Nice. So he's yeah. a big deal there, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, uh, wow. you,
1: you, you and I both big Brenda Moore fans. All right, uh, let's put the flyers aside. Forget the orange. We want to know about the green. Philadelphia Eagles get their season underway. I brought this up on WIP last night and got some pushback from Eagle fans. Um, media members, uh, call us to WIP and the like. I'm hearing a little, yeah, it's so hard to repeat. I've It hasn't happened in 18 years. You had divisional winner and the NFC East win it two straight years. That can't be done. It can't be done. Of <laughs> course it can be done, and it can be done this year by the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not skimming back on expectations for this team. I know they got a big turnover on defense. I know they lost their two coordinators. I know they're playing a tougher schedule than they played last night. If the Philadelphia Eagles don't win the NFC, who's going to? Dave Zangaro.
8: The NFC as a whole. I mean, I think the other two legitimate contenders are the 49ers and the Cowboys. Um, I I think that those three belong at the top of, of the NFC. Uh, But, like, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Eagles should have high expectations. Fans should have high expectations. I I still think (laughs) they have the best team in the conference. So uh, I I think it's just, like, everyone realizes that – and, look, I don't buy into that they they can't repeat as NFC East champions. Uh, I I think that there have been some fluky things that have gone into that um, not being repeated in the last, really, two decades. But – uh, you look at, like, can they get back to the Super Bowl? That's a little tougher. I mean, that's obviously some things have to go your way for that to happen. Um, but there's no reason to think they, they can't do it. And and I know that, like, you look back at recent Super Bowls, like, the last, like, really two decades, and it's been tough for those teams that to lose to, to get back. But look at really, like, the last five years. The teams that have lost the Super Bowl have been in the mix in the years after that. And, and I think the Eagles have the roster, the quarterback, and the head coach to be able to, to be in the mix. And once you're in the mix, I mean, anything can happen. Yep. Yeah. Um,
3: The turnover is pretty significant, though, Dave. And the fact that you're talking about seven starters, five on defense, um, you know, five out of 11, that's pretty significant. Uh, and then the coaching staff, first time for Nick Sirianni, not only the coordinators, but also you think about their defensive uh, coaching staff. They lost their three top coaches on the defensive side of the football um, from last year's staff. Um, it, it, there's going to be some hiccups. Um, what I think is I'm most optimistic about the Eagles, though, is the NFC gives them a chance to deal with those hiccups. They can have them, and there, there's no, as you mentioned. Yeah, you know, San Francisco, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be week one. They're a great team, but they have significant issues. We know the issues Dallas has had trying to finish things. I think more than anything else, the NFC is why I'm optimistic about the Eagles, more than the Eagles. Uh, have you thought about it that way? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all relative because they, they're in the NFC,
8: so uh think... Like... I, I do think but I mean, what I'm it,
3: saying is, I guess if they were in the AFC, I'd say, yeah, they're not going to make it back. Yeah. In the I, NFC,
8: I, but I also I'm, think that's a real big part of the reason they made it there last year is because the fair. road was easier. That's so I, that's just where they are. And the, in a way they're lucky to be in the NFC right now, but that's just, you know, that's their situation. Uh, you're right though. I mean, it, it lines up better than if you're in the AFC and you have to deal with, we, I don't have to go through the teams. We yeah. know the teams are really good in that yeah. conference. But, yeah. no, I mean, that's a part of it. It's The road is, is easier in this conference, at least right now. And the schedule, like if there are hiccups, hopefully you get those figured out before the buzzsaw comes at, at, yeah. right around the bye week. Because I don't want to say they're easy games before then, but the schedule is easier in the early part of the season. So the Eagles really need to take
1: advantage of that. Well, here's the reason why I think the Eagles go in the NFC. It was easy last year. That's how they got there. Last year, at least, Aaron Rodgers was still in the league. He was in the AFC, NFC, no longer. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings this offseason let good players walk out the door. They're running back. They're uh, pass rushing edge guy. They win 12 games last year, and they they skim back. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. The Rams trade Jalen Ramsey after winning a Super Bowl one year later to create cap space. Yeah, they, the NFC did some of this to themselves as to why I think they step back as a conference and the Eagles didn't. That's why they should win the NFC. All right, uh, Dave's going to go. I'll probably tick off the Eagles here, but I'm not asking the Eagles. I'm asking you about the Eagles. Six weeks from now, the week before the Eagles play their first game of the season against New England, What is the depth chart at running back going to look like for the Philadelphia Eagles? I know they don't like depth charts. (laughs) Uh, Teams hate depth charts. We as media members and fans love depth charts. What's the Eagle running back depth chart look like come uh, getting ready for week one against New England?
8: I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because I don't think it's like a – it's not – like another position where those guys won't play, you know, it's like you want to come up with the quarterback depth chart. It's pretty clear. It's like Jalen Hurd, you know, it's, you you know that only one guy's going to be out there and that's the way they're going to handle it. I don't think that's the way they're going to handle running back. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, okay, DeAndre Swift's the guy. He's going to be the running back in this game. Like that's, that's just not the way they're going to handle it. Um, I really think your depth chart's
1: going to be one,
8: one, a one B
1: one C. Is that what you,
8: Yeah. I mean, obviously like someone's going to be out there for the first snap and they're going to get credited with the start, but I I don't think that's really like, that's not where the story ends to me. Yeah. Um, Especially because these guys do different things. I I, like Rashad Penny is is probably an early down guy. Um, So if he starts the game, it doesn't mean he's going to get the most touches. Right. Like, and and I think they're going to ride the hot hand. We saw that. You know, all you have to do is look back at last year with Sirianni in the playoffs and Kenny Gainwell was playing better, so he went with him. Yeah, you know, like, and, and last year they they went to great lengths to announce from mountaintops that Miles Sanders was their guy. He was the number one, no question
3: about yeah, it. That was the camp story when he took uh, reps with the second yeah. team. Yeah, they uh, they got he had fired a full
8: year, rushes for twelve hundred yeah. yards, and then in the playoffs they still went with the hot hand. So if Nick Sirianni did that last year when they had a clear number one he's obviously going to do it this year when they have three guys kind of fighting for touches. I think that it's going to go in waves this year. And I think if one guy gets hot, he's going to get the ball more. And that's kind of the way they're going to handle this.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what you're right. I mean, there's rotational positions and there aren't rotational positions and obviously quarterbacks, not a rotational position running back is even when you have. So I used to, I'd like to use the term lead back. A lot of people use committee. When Nick talked uh, to reporters, you know, pre-training camp, Dave, he sort of gave some hints that eh, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but he sure sounded like a guy that wants to find the lead back. I, I think if you're, if you're piecemealing, he mentioned checking boxes, and he said if one guy checks this box and one guy checks this box, doesn't matter if you check all the boxes, but don't you make it easier for the defense if you're doing it that way? Yeah. You have to be
8: very cognizant of, um, showing trends. You have to you can't like, you can't just say, you know, DeAndre Swift catches the ball whale out of the backfield. He's out there. Guess what he's going to do. You, yeah. you, you have to, you have to break those trends a little bit. Uh, but Nick's like, Nick seems to understand that Shane had a really good understanding of how to do that. Um, I think they're aware of that. Like, I don't think it's going to be as simple as early down, give the – although you probably could just with this with this offensive line and Rashad Penny just be like, hey, guess what? We're going to run the ball, and you can announce it to the defense and, and let them try to stop it. Um, you have to break those trends a little bit. So, at times, it's, it means, like, yeah, you got to run between the tackles with DeAndre Swift. You might have to throw a pass to Rashad Penny just to keep them honest. Uh, but, I, look, I, I, I think you're right that, like, if someone emerges – as a quote-unquote lead back, they'd, they'd happily stick with that. But if it doesn't happen, I, I don't think they're going to try to force that issue. I really don't. I, I think that they're going to kind of just go with the way the, the flow of games are going. And it's it's a little trickier because, like, you probably in the back of your head want to have a guy that you can really rely on, uh, and they might not have that. So you just got to – if you had to pick one guy who I think is likely to do that, like DeAndre Swift to me would be the guy because I just don't trust Rashad Penny's health. Um, But if, look, the biggest if in the world, if Rashad Penny's healthy, we've
1: seen what he can do. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave Zingaro. At New England, home Minnesota, at Tampa, home commanders, at the Rams before you got to go to the Jets uh, in week number six. If after five games the Eagles are three and two, it's not a killer sked. Uh, They're playing teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, only minutes. Well, Tampa did too, but Tampa's a whole different team without Brady. Um, So a couple of playoff teams sprinkled in there, but some teams that finished well below 500, like Washington and Los Angeles. Um, The "you and cry will be what the hell is wrong with the Eagles with the fan base. What will it be like in the building? Three and two against the easier part of the schedule. Panic uh understanding uh the rally the troops if this team is three and two after five what's it like in the eagles locker room
8: i don't think there'd be panic um i, I think it'd be a look of like all right let's uh, figure this out um and and be the team we want to be i i don't think you'd you'd see panic it, that's too early with a, a winning record to to have the sky falling on you but uh, and it would also depend on like how they get there. Is it, or have they looked bad in their losses? Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, like, what does it look like? Uh, are there injuries? Like uh, all those kind of factors would play a role in the, yeah. in the vibe of the team. But it, I think no matter what happens, if they're three and two, I, there's not going to be panic in that locker room, especially like a lot of these guys were here two years ago when they got off to that awful start and rallied back. So, um, I, I think they'd be okay from a, a morale standpoint.
3: Uh, let's talk about some camp battles, Dave. I guess the biggest one, the most high-profile one, it's funny to call, I guess, right guard high-profile, but uh, with this particular team, that might be the biggest camp battle. Uh, Cam Juergens, in theory, the leader in the clubhouse, but Nick has been pretty consistent not – wanting to hand them the job Um, in the past they've wanted bigger bodies next to Jason Kelsey Uh, Tyler Steen could fit in, but Tyler Steen played strictly tackle in college. So he's changing positions, not only, you know, coming in as a rookie, uh, playing a position he's not as familiar with. Um, Is that really a battle? One of the most interesting things, in OTAs and we were only there for a hundred minutes. The second practice, uh, Kelsey took a maintenance day. I was surprised they moved cam Jurgens over the center and obviously they're not doing team drills. So it was just individuals, but it was cam at center and Tyler Steen at right guard. In theory, if you want to get them ready to play right guard, when you want them to get all those right guard reps, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised about that though. I think we'll see that in training camp too,
8: because it's a it's a natural way to see Steen at guard with the first team without just rotating and taking Jurgens out.
3: Oh uh, Dave Breeze up for you, Jody. Yeah, I think he did. All right. We got a frozen there we go. You back, Dave? I'm back? We, we froze up for a little you good? bit. Yeah, okay. You're good. Um,
8: yeah, I, I think uh I wasn't surprised, though, to see that kind of rotation happen. I, I think we're, we'll see that in training camp, too, because Kelsey's going to have his veteran days. It's kind of a natural way for them to see yeah.
3: Steen. But what does that tell you? Because I, I was like, what does it tell It could mean they're so confident in Jurgens they don't care. You can toggle back and forth. Or it could mean they really, really, really want to look at Tyler Steen at right guard. That's probably out like... of that fence, De Leon.
8: Yeah, I, I think they do want to look at Steen. I mean, I, they owe it to themselves to find out what he can do. And the thing with Steen is, you know, Juergens is probably, if he starts at right guard, he's probably a one-year starter at right guard. Like, we don't know what Kelsey's going to do. Yeah, There's a chance he'll be back again next year. But their plan is still to eventually have Jergens at center. If Steen is better right now, you play him because he could be the long-term answer at right guard, whereas Juergens, you're, you're probably looking at him as like a one-year guy at that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's if it's like a tie game, even though Juergens has been here longer, maybe you lean Steen, but Juergens has the advantage just because he's been in the offense, uh, he's been in the NFL for a year, and that stuff really does matter. The fascinating part of this position is you have two guys who don't play guard fighting for the job <laughs> uh, and then look you still have the backup plan the backup plan is both of these guys can't do it
3: and jack driscoll has jack driscoll yeah. so it's
8: they're they're and a by break. the way
3: dennis kelly gives you more room gives you more rope for that exactly um, yeah because okay. you, you can
8: have dennis kelly as your, your pure swing tackle yeah um which look I, I actually like driscoll better inside than at tackle um I yeah don't so, know do, I. so do i where they land on that but yeah. you, you have plenty of options now with, with Dennis Kelly in the building. All
3: right,
1: Dave Zengar, I got to ask you about my favorite Philadelphia Eagle player. That would be Dark Barnett, uh, who comes in with the fifth pass rushing slot locked up right now. If he can even get on the field. He wasn't ready, medically cleared for the offseason workouts to this point. Have you heard any whispers about, is he going to actually going to be on the field? Some people think the Eagles are going to be able to trade him and that they can get a day three draft pick for him. It's going to be a cap hit either way you do it if you move on from him, whether he's traded or cut. Uh, what What is the fates and fortunes of Derek Barnett look like going forward for the Birds?
8: Yeah, it's a tricky situation he's in. Uh, most people will kind of probably forget he's even on the team because he got <laughs> hurt so early last year. It was a strange decision to bring him back. On a two year deal too, by the way, that was uh peculiar. Um, when there didn't seem to be much interest in him anywhere else in the league and you you sign him to a two year deal is different. Um it's it's for me, it's like could they use him as the fifth pass rusher? Maybe, but I don't know if that's the role he wants. I don't know if that's the role they really want to keep him in. Um, because you, you don't want to take any snaps away from Nolan Smith. Going forward for Derek Barnett, who's probably not going to be here after this year. So if he can get back on the field, I you know, he was a first round pick and I know it was a long time ago. But uh, when he's been healthy, he's been like a, a middle of the road, rotational defensive end in the league. I think he has. I think he can probably play in a few different types of schemes. So, like, I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe you could get a, a conditional day three pick for him. Uh, If you want to trade him to a team that would use him more, I I think that would make some sense uh, because the fifth guy in that rotation, barring injury, which you never know, is just not going to see the field that much.
3: Yeah. Um, I think it's a nice insurance policy at this point, but I think if everybody stays healthy, the best case scenario would be to move them. Um, And there are a lot of teams that have bad pass rushers. So a bad pass rushes as a whole, so I think he, how we could convince them, but I'll go that route. He has this long history of August trades, Dave. Um, some good, some bad. Dennis Kelly back in the day for Doriel Green Beckham did not work out. Um still like the swing there though. Yeah. Um yeah, I'd like to su- I hey, even I I said Ryan Bates for Eli Harold. I'd like to swing. If Ryan Bates wasn't, gonna make, he wasn't the gonna make the team, yeah. Yeah. Why not take a swing? It didn't work out. So I agree with you there. But I'll go 50 50 over under Dave Zangaro. How are we making a trade during training camp? Oh, Uh, he's going to make
8: a trade. Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to, I mean, that's what he does. I don't know how significant of one he'll make, but he'll make a trade. He doesn't go through training camps without one. But will
1: it it be with a draft pick included? Do you think the Eagles will give up a draft pick to get a guy? Because, yes, how he does covet those draft picks and the draft equity, are they going to have a need that they think they can fill with a guy they're trading for and give up a draft pick?
8: We'll see. I I think they're going to get to camp, especially like the the one position I think we're all thinking about is linebacker. Yeah. Uh, I think you get to camp and you see what you have. Yeah. I don't know if they know what they I
3: have. I right? know what they have, Dave, and it's not good enough. at linebacker, that was going to be my one of my next questions, so we'll go there. I mean, for the most part, philosophy, you just said, I like the swing about trades. I agree with you. I typically, and Jody knows this because, <clears throat> excuse me, I say it all the time. Generally, I agree with the Eagles' decision-making. I've taken – the devaluation linebacker, I think they're right, but I think they've taken it too far. Probably. I think they've taken it too far. I mean, for all the TJ Edwards is and Alex Singleton and Kaiser whites, there's been Eric Wilson and LJ Ford and Corey Nelson. Do they forget those guys? Oh yeah. Cause this group does not look good on paper where everything else looks pretty damn good
8: yeah it reminds me of safety last year though when we were like is this what they're gonna do are they gonna go into the the year with what they have and they didn't so uh we'll see i kind of i look i i agree with you they've taken it about as far as you can take it at linebacker Uh, especially like you look at that tj edwards deal I, i still don't know if there was ever any he he signed that deal so quickly. Yeah, in free agency, it's a like deal. Thirteen like, were minutes were
3: the, in, I believe. Yeah, if I were the Eagles, yeah. I, I would have been interested in him for that number. I I said if he would have told me that number before free agency, I would have said he'll be back and they'll play Nicobe at weak side. Yeah, um, and they didn't. They said no, that's too too steep for us. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. amazed. Uh, yeah, but then... I'm not amazed though
8: because I mean they they've said like they're not even trying to hide. Yeah, devaluation. Um, it, it seems like that they used their one resource at linebacker, the 83rd pick last year on Nakobe, and they're like, We'll we'll piece it together after that. Uh, in hindsight, and we've talked about this before, I think I still don't understand why we didn't see Nakobe at all last 34
3: year. reps. That's another thing. I mean, it, you know, I,
8: I don't understand why Gannon couldn't have found a role for him. Uh, now, he's not even here anymore so you can't question him about it but nope. like <clears throat> and like no, no no three linebacker packages none just nothing no. no 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 way to get him on the field for Kaiser white when when Kaiser was struggling no. um I, that was surprising to me because the, the franchise clearly likes him enough to say well now he's a starter in year two but the franchise didn't like him enough to say hey get him on the field a little bit in year one. There was a disconnect there, obviously, but well, that's
3: one of those where I think of it where Howie, I think Howie would say, "Yeah, let's get this guy on the field." But the coaching staff is like, "Hey, we're winning. We're yeah. we're not taking we're not taking guys off the field," which I get both sides of that. Equation. Yeah, but he, see, here's where I would give Howie latitude to
1: actually stick his nose in. He was the one who said, "We're just renting Jonathan Gannon." that it's a foregone conclusion that Jonathan Gannon is going to leave here. He's not going to spend the next decade with the Eagles. Well, when you have that kind of individual who's looking at only today, not worrying about down the road tomorrow, I think you're allowed to go. uh, Are we, we seeing the whole picture here? Can we get him some snaps in he a game snaps, where you're up by but, two I mean, touchdowns in you know. to the fourth I mean, quarter? Yeah,
8: but if, if, if you're saying that. But if there's a moment where Howie starts calling into the coach, oh team, yeah, don't Ooh. tell me he wouldn't be the first one. Like Jonathan Howie, stay in his lane here.
3: Yeah, yeah. If, well, if, Jonathan got if that he question stays
1: straight in the restricted lane. I'm telling you, I'd be okay with it.
3: Re, re, I would not re, be second guessing. I think I asked Gannon the question. Remember when he uh, misspoke about? Gannon uh, about Howie being involved with game planning, mm-hmm. and that set off a little bit of a firestorm. Oh yeah, uh, he just misspoke, but uh, yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff. But I get it from Howie's perspective. The coaching staffs—they're trying to win a Super Bowl. Those guys. The problem is they all stayed healthy, and that's my biggest question with Nicobe Dean. And I mentioned this uh, earlier in the show, Dave. So I'll ask you as well. Those guys played 20 games at linebacker. Um, and TJ, as you know, remade his body by the end. He's, you know, 240. He's rock solid. You know, he's ready. He's got the armor to play 20 games. The Kobe Dean is undersized, Dave. I don't care what they list him on, <laughs> on, the, on the roster sheet. He ain't TJ Edwards from a size perspective. The game has changed. Well you take a, linebackers like running back for a lot of reasons. Devaluation. They also take a lot of punishment if you're playing linebacker. If you're playing running back. If they got to go 20 games again, you think you're going to see that durability with Nicobe Dean?
8: Yeah, I don't know. And that's where it gets a little concerning when you look at the depth chart there. Because I mean, it your starters right now will be Nicobe Dean and Nicholas Morrow. You have Christian also Ellis. Also undersized, yeah. Yeah, who are both undersized. Christian Ellis a little bigger, even though like you're right. I wouldn't read too much into the, the heights and weights on the, no. <laughs> on the roster. Ellis is a bigger guy, but I, I mean like, their depth is not great. You have Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor, yeah, as the other linebackers. Maybe Kyron Johnson, who's switching positions. Ben Van Sumeren, who has like, like two years of experience playing linebacker in college. Um, there's not a lot there. So like, even if, if you think their starters are going to be okay, they don't have enough at linebacker. All
1: right. I'm not going to hold you to the exact quote, but you got to give us a general idea. Dave Zingaro. The coach has been pretty good with coming up with like t-shirt moments, slogan type moments, uh, (laughs) things that we remember back to him saying. um, Any chance of getting one tomorrow? With Peterson after the Super Bowl, we had the new norm and we found out that was kind of a tough norm to keep with the guys going down on the offensive line, injuries and the like the year after they won it all. Is Nick going to have a line or a message tomorrow as to how they're starting 2023 after 2022?
8: No, I think it's going to be a very um, focused Nick on what's in front of him. I don't think we're going to get introspective, Nick. Tomorrow, I think it's going to be. This is what we're looking at at practice today. He'll answer the questions and he'll go about his day. I don't think there's going to be some
1: big, like, overarching message from Sirianni. He's Just going to, to say uh, we're going to put in a hell of a fifty yeah. minutes. Is is that <laughs> going to be the core? Just checking.
3: <laughs> at uh, D Zangaro NBCs, follow Dave on. X, not Twitter, X, Golly. whatever the hell it's called. Um, so follow them there. NBC Sports Philadelphia does a tremendous job. Real quick, because the fans want it. I don't think they're getting it. Philosophy, scheme-wise, how much difference defensively are we getting from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai? Um, scheme-wise, not a ton difference.
8: Philosophy, maybe a little bit different
3: situationally because he doesn't, he blitzes less than Gannon. Yeah. It's not about blitzing.
8: Um, I think, uh, yeah, he's not going to blitz a ton. Uh, I I think scheme wise is going to look very similar philosophically a little bit different. I think, uh, there will be moments of aggression, not necessarily blitzing. Um, I, I think we'll see some bait and switch in the secondary, A little bit more so they like it'll look more aggressive but um yeah it's not going to be like a completely different defense
7: yeah
1: Yeah. i think it's going to be very similar and if they're not blitzing uh, he he could go from fan favorite because he's replacing jonathan gannon to as big a heel as gannon was real fast yeah the problem for him is he don't get as
3: many sacks as they usually well by the way if you're getting 70 sacks and you're blitzing you're an idiot yeah. Uh, you know, so for those who hate Gannon, uh, you know, just put that in the pipe and smoke it a little <laughs> bit.
1: Dave Zingaro, we appreciate when you jump out and smoke the pipe with us. Thank you very much for doing it. You know, we're going to have you on play during the year. Enjoy camp. I will. Thanks guys. That's Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Be hanging with Johnny Mac at the Eagles camp starting mañana. All right. Mac and Mac coming back. But we'll put a bow on the show. Stay with us.
5: Eagles, Eagles.
1: All right, you got Mac and Mac here. Take a snapshot of a screen grab, whatever the hell you want to call it, because you will not see this tomorrow. Uh, John McMullen will be heading down to uh, South Philadelphia. You're out for the entire show because do you have to take a COVID test? We remember Brad no, Rose no
3: COVID, no COVID no, tests no COVID for test. you guys. No, the NFL, if you remember, declared the pandemic over, uh, and the United States followed suit uh, <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> um,
1: they did. They kind of ruled the roost on that one. Yeah. Um, so, but you do got to go down and get your uh, pass and everything straightened away yeah. for the year. Um, so Sirianni's going to talk before practice starts.
3: Yeah. Yes. Uh, before uh, maybe not official. Uh, maybe Howie Roseman will join him. That's been typical in years past, uh, the first two years of the Syriani regime. So you'll have that comedy routine. They're like two giggling schoolgirls up there when they're together. So, um, uh, we'll see if that shakes out, but uh, to be determined, it's it would be much more productive if they had them up there separately but
1: uh howie going down the chuckle hut route oh yeah he'll have some going flat on his face at some point it's a good thing he's very good at his job because yeah the backup gig is a comedian it's not going to be working out for howie um and then you will be back on thursday friday's practice is that going to be a shorty day with you? You're going to hang with me for a while and then exit. Ah, uh, that
3: it? is going to be a shorty day, which I gotta, I gotta now it, it, complicating thing, Sean decide when it's his day to speak, and I think that might be Friday, but I have to double check. He's going to speak earlier, so I'm probably going to be ahead. Earlier hour. than
1: Sirianni?
3: Yeah, They're going go to tie this.
1: into Sirianni I'm, on Friday. I'm told.
3: I'm told he likes. No, no, no. He. It, it's separate days. The head coach speaks one day, then the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, eventually special teams coordinator. But when Nick speaks, day one's a little bit different because, again, it's probably going to be Howie up there. This is too inside baseball, but um, it's longer. Um, on a typical practice day, uh, Nick talks at 940. Um Sean is going to talk at 920-ish because he likes to be on the field sooner. He knows. Hey, he knows branding. That's what I said about Sean Desai. He knows how to send out the right signals to the fan base. All
1: right. We shall see. Um, Just one last quick question before we go, and you'll uh, report back with how things are being done this year as compared to previous year's. Does Sirianni blow a whistle? Do they? How do they signify the beginning of a practice?
3: uh the, there's really no, I, I, there's really no. I mean, you stretch and then you get, uh, then they say, "Let's go." <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> they get to right. there. So from the time
1: whoever yells "Let's go," screams uh, no, "Let's go," how
3: long? It's what very structured. At? You're talking about. Ten minutes of stretching. Ten. No, no,
1: no, minutes. no, 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 no. You're not understanding my question. From the time
3: the oh length of practice, yeah. length 50. of
1: practice. Well, I'm not going to call it pra- length of
3: workout. Fifty length minutes of activities. Fifty minutes.
1: Fifty under an hour. Yeah. You know, on Friday it's supposed to be 97 degrees.
3: Uh 45. <laughs> Yeah. Now they might. That's another thing. Uh, t- last year, when on really hot days, they move practice up an hour. So all all these moving parts. Uh, but we'll see how things shake out.
1: And sure enough, the one day I was at camp doing a show with the camera on WIP, oh, was a hot one. So yeah. uh, Johnny Mac, stay dry. Have the hat head ready. Stay hydrated. Because I know on Friday it's going to be hot. Uh, tomorrow with no J Mac uh tune in to find out who will be hosting with me i can't tell you oh did you get gill locked in for me Gil's uh no guy. but
3: i but i will uh i will as soon as i get off okay uh, i don't like to text people too early in the morning we're hoping
1: mikey gill does his usual wednesday spot early and then a little later on uh rob Marty from the Associated press is gonna jump in uh, with us tomorrow to carry the load with Johnny. Matthews.
3: Nice. Uh, I'm going to miss Marty. I love yeah, Marty.
1: Sorry. So, uh, you don't get Marty. You got to go to work this week. So you you miss Marty uh, partner. Uh, like I said, stay hydrated, stay dry. Uh, we will talk again on Thursday if that works for you. Uh, let's do it, Jody. Birds 365, however, we'll be back in two and two.
2: You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs>